Well, welcome back to We Want Our Sonics Back, the NBA podcast that's really, we're just biding our time till the Sonics come home. That's pretty much it. We're just, I mean, we're getting through. Just just like Danny's getting through the smoke. You got smoke everywhere in Seattle. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> that's probably why you'll be hearing some fans in the background. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. We're not some fancy get up. We're not the ringer. Um, I thought we were the ringer. I mean, no. We can't We can't even joke about that. We'll get sued, man. Oh, that's they right. Got, you might want to cut this part Spotify out. They got Spotify money. We got not Spotify money. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we got MySpace money. MySpace? It doesn't even exist. It doesn't even exist anymore. It's like early 2000s, man. Hey, you know what? I kind of wish MySpace was still around. Why? <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> just... <laughs> Why? Just, just awkward silence. Um, well, because, man, it was good. You could pick, like, you, you, there was, like, this passive-aggressive thing where, like, you had, like, your top five best friends. And if, like, your best friend was, like, a jerk to you, you could like move them to number two, <laughs> you know, or just, oh. just mess with people and be like, nah, it's this guy who's my best friend. And not that I ever did that. <laughs> That's, that was like the, what was that back in the day? Kind of like the, if someone's mean to you, be like, I'm moving you to number three on the list. That's okay, right. fine. I'll stop. That's right. It, it worked every single time man i'm just saying myspace let's let's hey, let's if get i had it back. a myspace clay bennett would not be in my top five yeah <laughs> well you don't have to worry about that man he's going home he's he's all packed up they're out of the bubble chris paul you know he tried real hard probably you know it's that state farm money really helped but it just wasn't the real enough. chris paul did the carlton dance on the way out <laughs> so let's let's hop into it uh you know danny if you were going to make like a top five myspace for the nba who would be who would be your number one are we talking players or teams uh you could take it however you want man you want to talk about team let's talk about a team um well let's talk about teams because that's what we're in the nba playoffs except if you're the bucks and they're just a one-man team Ooh, ouch Shots fired. <laughs> Who's your number one? Uh, my number one right now would probably be... No, well, not probably. My number one will be the Miami Heat. Yeah. Uh, I I probably have them number one, too, right now. Uh, as sad as it is, you know, I'm pulling. Everyone knows who listens to this show. Uh, I've you know, since Seattle, you know, became a barren wasteland for the NBA, uh, I've I've kind of just been a Laker fan, defaulted, 
back to where originally where I'm from. So uh, sad as it is to say, I think Miami is probably, yeah, I'll say it, probably the best team in the playoffs right now. Well, I mean, their record would show it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, they've lost one game so far. It's insane. Uh, who would you have as number two? Uh, I probably have to say the Celtics, which is, I hate saying that because one thing, like, I like being able to be like, Ooh, Miami, because I called it, but I don't like having to say Celtics because I know you called it (laughs) like months ago, (laughs) uh, but they are playing such good basketball, man. They really are. Jason Tatum is playing on another level. Kemba Walker's becoming the old he's doing old school Kemba Walker things like he did at Connecticut and in Charlotte when he was the one man team. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch them play. Uh they've they've looked dominant, but of course uh they I mean it was looking like they were gonna go up three zero. Let's talk about that game. What did you think about Brad Stevens putting in Taco Fall to guard the inbound pass? against Kyle Lowry? I think it was a bad idea. I don't think anyone should have been guarding the inbound pass because obviously the inbounder is not a threat to shoot the ball. What I would have done is had someone close to the rim. I would have put him close to the rim because it's either they're going to throw it up and try to get a tip in Mm -hmm. or they're going to try to hit an open guy for a quick catch and shoot. So honestly, there was no point in putting a guy defending the inbounder. I don't know if there's ever been a case so clearly where the coach outcoached himself, you know, just tried to uh, be ultra clever and it backfired so hard. Like, all right, I'm going to put Taco Fall, who, let's be honest, like, we love him. He's got a great name. He's fun to watch. Um, but he doesn't get any playing time. He's not part of the regular rotation. So it was basically a stunt. You know, just for this one pass, put the, you know, eight foot tall dude out in front of him and, you know, basically make a wall of taco and that sounds see good. If, yeah, I know. Right now I'm, I'm getting all kinds of ideas for Taco Bell, uh, but, you know, build a wall of taco and then, you know, hopefully they, he just has to lob it high in the air. But there are a couple things that he just didn't think of. One is the amount of space that the that Kyle Lowry, the, the passer, had at his disposal. Because we aren't working with the same dimensions as an arena. There's no, you know, first uh, first row of seats with, you know, people sitting there, so you have to stand real close to the line. Like he had he had room to back up and he just lobbed it over him like a perfect pass to OG and OG hit that three in stride. I mean, just in time, it was a beautiful play, but one that probably shouldn't have ever happened. If Brad Stevens had just kept the same guys on the court and yeah, put someone down low, maybe even if you really felt like putting taco fall in, he could have been down low, like what you're talking about. And they could have had, you know, everyone guarded because, I mean, the defender had to run. He was like, I mean, OG was wide open. So, yeah, it was it was a good play. P- 
people up here in Canada, you can almost hear the celebrating from everyone's quarantined houses. But that was a pretty big screw up. Yeah, I think Brad Stevens had the right idea of bringing Taco Fall in, but he just didn't execute it. Yeah. You know, I feel like we'd be wrong to not mention how it seems like in every Raptors series, there's some sort of lucky shot. Well, that's true. I mean, last year we had the Kawhi Leonard act of God shot. Yeah, I mean, like, what was (laughs) it, like eight bounces on the rim? Right, and then it just fell. And then this year we have the just lucky three-point shot where he got wide open Mm -hmm. for some stupid reason, and he nailed it. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I mean, even if you go back to Vince Carter days with uh, the ball uh, going in and out, uh, you know, things could have been different against uh, Philly. Yeah. Um, any any other? I mean, it's it's honestly it hasn't been that fun of a series to watch. Um, but any other points to talk about? I mean, it's just like the the Celtics are playing great, and Toronto's. I don't know. It's just like Toronto just doesn't have that star, and I love Pascal. Where is Pascal Siakam? I. I... I haven't seen him. I've been looking all over the court for him. I just can't see him. Oh, you haven't seen him? He's Has kicking he people in up? the face. Yeah, he's doing uh, oh, He's doing yeah. some kung fu underneath the rim. Yeah, him and Giannis. Did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> like, Oh, I did. Uh, he kicked Daniel yeah. Tice straight in the face. <laughs> oh, man. I was really surprised they didn't call anything on that. Like, I know. Me too. I was just like. Uh, <laughs> it definitely wasn't natural. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> like, I know you're frustrated because you're losing, but... All right, now, let's not go full Ron Artest here on someone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I I would like to see Pascal step it up and, you know, maybe prove to people that he is a star, but I just... I just see him shrinking, you know? Like, he's, he's just kind of taking a back seat and letting Fred Van Fleet just kind of run things and Kyle Lowry. And I mean, if, if you're going to be a superstar, you want to get paid like a superstar. Now is the time to prove it. And I just don't see it happening. Unfortunately. I, I don't either. I mean, he was an all-star for some weird reason. I don't know how, but then again, that whole all-star process is flawed. If you just look at who's all-stars, but yeah, I just think that the Raptors, they don't have enough. And I don't think it's necessarily because of coaching. I think it's just because the players aren't showing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marcus Smart is shutting Pascal Siakam down. Since when is a 6'3 guard shutting a 6'10 power forward guy down. Yeah, I just think Boston is too good for him. And, like, I don't know. If Pascal Siakam would play like he did in the regular season, I feel like it would be a little bit different. But, um, I mean, as far as team basketball, uh, I don't think anyone else, even the Heat, are playing better team basketball than Boston. Everybody is doing their part. Everybody has stepped up. 
it's it's been all across the the whole roster. Uh, it's not just oh well, Jimmy Butler's going off or you know Giannis is going off. It's the whole team. I mean, yeah, Tatum is having a really good postseason, uh, but I mean, everyone is doing their part. Right, and I mean, um, Marcus Smart the other day hitting five threes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, clutch, man. And they're just getting contributions from different guys off the bench and different guys in the lineup that you wouldn't expect. And also one quick thing I want to mention, Daniel Tice, he is underrated, man. He is so good. Uh, he, he is pretty good. Uh, for what they want him to do. Yes, he is. Well, um... Giannis is out. Giannis is out? Yes. They just ruled him out? Yes, I just... Uh, one of my buddies just texted me and said Giannis is out. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you're hearing it live, guys. This is Tuesday afternoon, and we were waiting on that to see. Uh, he's been listed as questionable... Uh, since his injury, his um, his ankle sprain, I think is what they're still calling it. Um, but yeah, wow, that's huge. Let's let's talk about Giannis. Um, what to say? How to start this? Uh, you want to like it? It almost feels like speaking ill of the dead, you know? Like because he just got injured. And if he's not playing, then I think it's a much bigger injury than what they're leading us to believe by by calling it an ankle sprain. I think we're going to come to find out when everything is said and done, when the Bucks get eliminated tonight, Mm -hmm. that that they're going to come to find out, they're going to do x-rays on it, and there's going to be some broken bones in his ankle. I just find it very hard to believe that this is just an ankle sprain. Because if he's not jumping, and he's still in a walking boot when he came into the arena today, I think that there's got to be something much worse than a sprain. And obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I just think there's something more than a sprain. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think it might have happened from him playing the other day, trying to play in game four when he injured it. And I think, obviously, you know, it's it's the playoffs. You know, you don't want to miss a game for anything. So, Especially when you're probably the MVP, right? You don't want to be looked at as having given up on your season so quickly. Right, for a sprained ankle. Yeah. Now, I think that he definitely heard it much worse in game four. Yeah. that That's the part that's really concerning to me, is that he obviously got hurt in game three. We saw it. You know, probably messed up something. And then when you mess up the same thing in another game, but it's, like, obviously more severe, uh, then that that speaks to you may have, like, some kind of ongoing situation where it's not just, Ooh, I hurt myself once, but this is kind of like, Oh, I heard someone talking about it today, talking in comparisons to Grant Hill and his injuries and uh, getting the same things hurt. 
um, it could be that. And that's, you know, it's really unfortunate because Giannis is so young and he's so talented um, that you, you want him to have a good long career and stay at that peak where he's been. Um, but, you know, I think it was the right decision to have him not play, um, even if it is a smaller injury, which here's hoping it is, um, that you, you know, you're not risking the longevity of his career and, you know, longevity of him being a Milwaukee buck too. They got to protect their investment. It's not just about Giannis playing, but, uh, him playing for the bucks. Uh, I think it's a smart call to have him not play this game because, yeah, let's be honest. I mean, even with Giannis, Miami, Miami was built to take down this team. Right, because they have the defenders to do so. They have the shooting, and they have other good players around Giannis. I mean, yeah. other good players around Jimmy Butler. I'm pretty confident that Miami's going to win tonight and the series will be over. Um but let's let's talk about Giannis and what he's been able to contribute to this series, because all right, he's reigning MVP, probably going to be MVP again here. Um, best record in the playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks. They have it. You know, everything on paper says that Giannis should be able to take this team and easily defeat Miami. But they didn't. Right. Now, how much of the blame falls on Giannis? I think a fair amount has to fall on Giannis. I mean, if you just look at sort of what he did in the other game a couple games ago. I can't remember which game it was. A couple minutes left in the fourth quarter. He goes to the free throw line, misses two free throws. Mm-hmm. He goes up for a layup, and he completely bricks the layup. Some of the blame has to fall on him. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, now, obviously, this injure, uh, this injury isn't opportune in any way. Uh, but uh, I think as far as publicity and, you know, the news cycle, uh, it's going to be far different than what it could have and should have been had Giannis not been injured. Uh, which is Giannis is overrated. You know, I don't want to say that. I like Giannis, uh, but it's true. Uh, He is not the best player in the NBA right now. Will he be? Well, we'll have to find out. But right now, he is not the king of the hill. Um, You know, talk about three-pointers in that, that same game that you're talking about when he missed those free throws. He had also mixed. Uh, missed badly some wide open threes. I mean, wide open and just air ball or brick, like completely bricked it. Um, That's not what you see out of an MVP. No, it's not. I mean, especially, look, if you're the MVP of the league, everyone talks about you. Well, a lot of people talk about him being the best player in the world right now. Yeah. If you are given that title... I mean, to whom much is given, much is expected. Ooh. And look, we expect a lot out of Giannis. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't delivered in these playoffs. 
No. And I don't want to hear the excuse while he was injured. Well, he wasn't injured games one and games two. You know what? I've seen players play through worse injuries. Mm-hmm. And let's let's even go back. Why is it that Orlando beat them? Orlando is an awful team when they have everybody. And half of the team was injured, and they still beat them once and then made it competitive in each and every game. That should not happen. You know, we're not talking about the Trailblazers and the Lakers. Trailblazers are a good team. Nobody wanted to play them. Um, Orlando Magic is a cakewalk. And Giannis almost fumbled that. Right. I mean, look, Giannis has not shown up in these playoffs in some of these games. Look, if you want to win a championship, dude, you got to show up when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. It, I don't give a crap what you do in the regular season. A regular season doesn't win you a championship. You could you could get the eighth spot in the East and still win an NBA championship. It matters what you do in the playoffs. You yeah. have to show up. Now, and Giannis has been good. Don't get us wrong. Like, me and Danny, we're on the same page here. Giannis has been good, but if you're talking about him being MVP and being the best player in the league, best player in the world, that's not what he's been doing. That's not what he's been showing in these playoffs. Uh, He is not ready for the weight of that crown. Um, And you can see it in those close scenarios where, you know, you're only up by a few points or you're down by a few points it's clutch time, and you got to make those free throws. Uh, clutch isn't four for eleven from free throw line. That's that's not clutch. That's Shaq. No. Is he super athletic? Yes. Is he super talented? Yes. Does he have a really high ceiling because you could teach him how to shoot? Yes. But he is not the MVP. Not in my eyes. No, I I completely agree with you, and I think that's why. The MVP award is so flawed in professional sports. Yeah. It's because for the majority of sports, it's not decided. It's only decided for what you do in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, Steve Nash Nash got two. And how many did Kobe get? Right. That. (laughs) But, yeah. So then, you know, you got to look at the rest of the team, too. Milwaukee Bucks, best team in the league. Um You know, people are talking about how clutch Chris Middleton was. Uh, You know, we talked about him last podcast. How do you how do you feel about Chris Middleton now that he had his clutch performance, Dan? Oh, excuse me. man. Someone's throwing bricks over here at me. Hey, Chris, what are you doing, man? I'm sorry. Chris Middleton started throwing bricks again. Oh, man. Must be fourth quarter. Yeah. Zero points in the fourth quarter. Oh, but on the broadcast, we're going to talk about, oh, you know, Middleton, he's done so well, 30 points. The first three quarters, he gets to the fourth quarter. Uh, What am I supposed to do with the ball? Giannis isn't in the game. What am I supposed to do with this now? Yeah. I mean, 22 points in the third quarter was insane. Um, But zero points in the fourth quarter, that that is not – you know, what you would need from a guy who's going to be getting paid what he's getting paid. I think what makes a good player great 
is what they do in the fourth quarter mm. and what they do in high stakes games, the playoffs, the finals, etc. Yep. Not just what you do for the first three quarters. Look, you have to perform well in the fourth quarter. It's just simple as that. And but no one's going to talk about that. They're just going to talk about how Middleton did so well in the first three quarters. I don't care what you do in the first three quarters. I care what you do in the fourth quarter. You could yeah. score 22 points in the fourth quarter, nothing in the third quarter. This whole conversation would be so different right now. Yeah. But let's, let's turn over onto the other side of the court with this, and let's talk about this Miami team. Because we've been, we've been talking about it um, for a couple weeks now, about how good Miami has looked against the Pacers, um, and how well coached they are, the strategy that they're using, this uh, shoot a lot of threes but still have a big man down low. Uh, they're playing beautiful basketball against the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's paying off. I mean, most likely we're going to get an end to this series a lot quicker than anyone anticipated other than us. Take that, ringer. Right. I mean, they should just ask us for advice. I mean, we know everything, right? I'm, I'm just saying. Like, we called it, man. I mean, we did. We knew. I mean, if you want to talk about the best player in the series, I don't think it's Giannis. I think it's Jimmy Butler. The guy's been doing it all, whether it's scoring 40 points that first game or whether it's being a facilitator, being that bulldog on defense. I mean, this guy has been doing everything that Spolster has asked him to do, and he's doing it at such a high level. This guy, he's going to take this team. Like, granted, this is a good team all across the board. Uh, so it's not just like, you know, you look at the Bucks and it's Giannis and a bunch of nobodies and Chris Middleton sometimes, unless it's fourth quarter, then he's busy. You know, like this team, they're a good, solid lineup. I mean, I think – all of us pretty much forgot that Dragic was on this team <laughs> for a long right. time. Uh, and and so all of them are playing really well. Bam Adebayo is, I mean, I mean, he's getting all of the Milwaukee Bucks into foul trouble. <laughs> like, they're, they're having a very difficult time guarding him. And, and then, yeah, and then you got Jimmy Butler, Cherry, Cherry on top, man. Like, this team is phenomenal. Right. I think, and one person that I think you forgot to mention, because everyone, like, talks about Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Because obviously, I mean, those are the two all-stars, right? Yeah. Which you should talk about them, but, I mean, I feel that we should mention how these other role players are doing. Obviously, Goran Dragic is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about Tyler Hero and what about Duncan Robinson, man? Uh, I mean, both of them have been great. Shooting yeah. is, I mean, they're shooting the ball very well, hitting clutch shots. And then on the other side, Jay Crowder is playing great defense. And right now they're just working like a well-oiled machine out there. Mm-hmm. They all seem to know what they're doing, all seem to know their roles and responsibilities, and they're getting it done. And, I mean, like, Tyler Hero, like, 
I mean, Robinson's been real good too. Both of them are doing very similar things, except for Tyler Hero is just doing it at the most like surprising moments. Um, this guy, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a rookie be so clutch. I mean, he made a couple three-pointers already in this series with the game on the line where, like, even the last – they lost, but he made, like, two huge three-pointers to at least keep it close. Like, right. this guy – this guy is something else. Right. I mean, they were – it was a two-possession game. He came down, hit a three, and then I think didn't – um I think Milwaukee missed the free throw, and it was a two-point game. Yeah. And I'm, the Heat had a couple seconds left. I mean, they didn't have a timeout. Mm-hmm. But you could have argued if they had a timeout and Spolster could have drawn something up, this series would have been over by now. Yeah, man. I mean, the uh, way Tyler Hero was shooting the ball in the fourth quarter? Yeah, that guy, that guy is – he's clutch, man. He's, he he is one of those like stone cold killers that for some reason just have it built into their DNA that even though they might not be the best player on the court, that when it matters, they're going to make it. And Tyler Hero is proving to be, you know, uh, I don't know how many headlines I've seen of puns of his last name, but he really is Miami's hero right now. I mean, he really is. So, but uh, let's let's just move on from that one. We we don't have too much time left, but let's let's talk about the Lakers and the Rockets. Uh, the series is tied right now, one to one. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, it's been competitive. Um, uh, what what else is there to really say that's positive here? I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, because I've been trying to find like a bright spot. Like again, I don't know. Like I, I guess we could really start a drinking game with our podcast of how many times Dean says that he's now a Lakers fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm a Lakers fan. And uh, so I've been trying to stay positive. The, the playoffs have been very difficult because um, Portland showed a lot of our weaknesses and Houston now has had time to look at it. And I think definitely in that first game, exploit those weaknesses. And there's a lot of them. Um, I'll just say it. I don't think the Lakers are a great team. Um, I think that we have two great players. And hopefully that's enough uh, against uh, a team that, I mean, I totally disagree with D'Antoni's philosophy. I've always hated D'Antoni's systems when he was, you know, uh, the running gun uh, Phoenix Suns. I don't – I hated that. I don't think the Steve Nash is nearly as good as what everyone says about him, especially oh, now please. that he's become the coach. Um, like, he's a good point guard. Don't get me wrong. He's a good point guard. But, I mean, he won two MVPs. Um, that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, but I don't like D'Antoni's systems. I don't like his new system with Houston. I get it. You have one of the best offensive players of all time with James Harden, and he's trying to really use that to his advantage. 
But I hate this small lineup, man. Um, but the Lakers decided, let's just do what they do. Frank Vogel, like I'm, I'm, I'm about to go on a rant. I'm sorry, Dan. I, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left here on the podcast, but man, Frank Vogel is a terrible coach. If I take back win. my coach of the year pick. I'm sorry. I just have to get that out of there now. I yeah, take man. Back my coach of the year pick. Mia culpa. That 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 was that was a bad call. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to call you out on the air, <laughs> but I was I was shocked when you made that call. Uh, but and this is why. This is why. Um, he is running the same starting five that he has for the last like couple months. Um, you know before covid and you know even though javel mcgee is a walking liability although right now he's not walking he's got you know another injury we'll see what happens if he's going to play tonight or not but even if he could play i bet he's going to be in the starting rotation uh javel mcgee just probably the worst starter in the nba and i don't want to be mean but it's true Um, he's a g league starter if that he doesn't play defense he gets maybe a block here and there but that's only because he's tall um i mean he it's it's almost like the the way i tweeted it out the other day was it's almost like he starts the game with five fouls and like unless he thinks it's a sure thing that he's going to get a block he doesn't even really try to guard it even against like simple things like like a point guard coming in for a layup it's it's like he goes right right to out of bounds to pass it in like is what are you what are you doing you're supposed to play defense and then of course there's danny green and the ongoing uh, saga of him trying to find his game and he's beginning to had 10 points and nine points in the first two games um but i mean it's not nearly the same as what he was doing last year with toronto Uh, or even uh, back with the Spurs before that. It's not anything close. And still, Frank Vogel is giving him tons of minutes, while at the same time, when he has a walking bucket, yeah, maybe not in clutch times, okay? I get it. But you got a walking bucket named J.R. Smith sitting on the bench, and you don't even try to put him out there? Like, what? And, you know, Dion Waiters has had his uh, injuries, so he hasn't been playing. Uh, but then Rondo comes out, and you just immediately, even though during the regular season he was a huge liability, you just throw him out there for almost the entire game. Like, what? Like, th- and this is the team that you you've gotten you know all the way here into the playoffs as the number one seed by some miracle, and I I feel like this is the weakest. A number one seed has ever been. It's awful. I hate the coaching. I hate the rotations. All right. <laughs> I don't know how the Lakers, just watching him so far in these playoffs, managed to have the best record in the Western Conference. Yeah. I don't. I think probably the biggest debate for me right now is what's worse, JaVale McGee's basketball skills or his vlogging skills. I think yeah. that's a question that needs to be answered. I think you're right about he starts the game with five fouls. 
it seems like he does just watching him because he's kind of hesitant to, do I want to block this shot? I'll just stay back here. Yeah. Um, And just the other night, I mean, he's being guarded by James Harden. And he tries to post up James Harden. Smart, you know, you're seven foot. James Harden is not a good defender, and he's like, what, 6'4"? Yeah, he's he's smart point guard. Smart, okay. Then he gets up there, and he throws up a fadeaway shot in the post. Like, that was the ugliest-looking post shot I have ever seen. Like, dude, just go sit on the bench. I mean, I don't even know why. It's not like they need him in there for size. He's a liability, if anything. Why don't you start Markeith Morris or, heck, even Dwight Howard? And they're not doing that. No, they're not. It's, it's, It's Frank Vogel, man. He's so locked into his own system that he refuses to change, even though the data is so clear. Like, I mean, Danny Green, you cannot take 12 shots in a game. I'm sorry. You just can't. Like, when you're shooting 25% from the field, you don't get to take that many shots. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to lose. Right. You need high percentage shots. And, and, like, still, he's still telling him, yeah, go and take those shots. Like, I get shooting yourself out of a slump. But you don't get the luxury of shooting yourself out of a slump when you're just supposed to be, you know, a J.J. Redick type. Uh, Now, J.J. Redick is a way better version of Danny Green. Um, So I'm not trying to say they're on the equal footing, but that's the kind of player that Danny Green is supposed to be. A sharpshooter who comes in, plays good defense, and gives you two or three threes at a high percentage. And he's not doing that. So why are you playing him? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, okay, play him a little bit, but he's still, you know, he hasn't lost any minutes from all of this. That's insane to me. You got to change. If you don't change, you die. Right. And I just, again, I just do not understand why Markeith Morris isn't getting more minutes, why he's not in the starting rotation, uh, while Coop, Kuzma. Kuzma should be in the starting rotation. He's a momentum player. You don't put him on on the bench. You put people who can, you know, Lou Williams. He doesn't need momentum. He can just come in and start and be good. And Kuzma needs that momentum going. So, yeah, give him a couple minutes where he's not great. Take Danny Green off the floor, put in Kuz. Like, you, you got to experiment at this point because what you're doing is barely working. And, I mean, the Houston Rockets, I don't like their small lineup. I don't like their system. But they are a good team. And they have two superstars on that team. So you you don't have that big of a leg up. You have to play smart. And I don't feel like Vogel is putting him in that position to be able to play smart. Okay. I must make a confession here. Since you brought up the small ball lineup. The small ball lineup is growing on me. Oh, don't you say that. It really is. The whole switch everything, which I think is such a lost start in the NBA, is because players don't know how to switch off pick and rolls. The Rockets, dude, their defense is pretty good. Like, I think the best defense in the bubble right now since the restart. 
Like, they're playing good basketball. They're playing good defensively. Harden's playing good. Westbrook is playing like crap. And that's another thing. If Westbrook can start playing well to the point where they're worrying more about Westbrook and then having to worry just as much about James Harden, I think the Rockets would be up 3-0 tonight. Oh, I I 100% agree with you. Yeah. If if Westbrook could just put it together and play – I mean, just even three-fourths of what he usually does, uh, then they would be trouncing the Lakers. Right, and that's like another thing. Like, And for the Lakers, they're going to have to be prepared for that because, look, Westbrook could get going anytime soon. This that's is true. a dude that can drop 60 points in a game. This mm-hmm. is a guy that averaged a triple-double and who's averaged 30 points in his career multiple times. Yeah. So Frank Vogel's going to have to figure something out because I think Westbrook is going to get going. Yeah. You know, I'm still pulling for Lakers. I still think out of the West, I still think that those two players, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, them playing at the highest level that they can right now is still enough to beat anyone in the West. But when it comes to the East, the way Miami's playing, the way Boston's playing, I'm finding it more and more difficult to think that they're going to end this thing with the Larry O'Brien trophy coming back to Staples Center. I don't know. I just feel like anyone can beat anyone on any given night. And the playoffs are so much more competitive than they have been in years past. I mean, look, the Lakers still have as good of a shot as anyone in this league does right now. That's true. I mean, out of these eight teams that are left – I, I truly believe that anybody can win that championship. Right. Because... Um, maybe <laughs> maybe not Denver, but all, <laughs> the seven other teams. I feel, I feel like any one of them can win it. Right. I mean, you have one of the best players ever play the game in LeBron James and one of the best four or five men, whatever position he thinks he is. Um, Anthony Davis. I just think between the two of them, they can put up with anyone. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd never count them out. Um, but at the same time, anyone can lose to anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, they could lose this series. They could win the rest of the games in the series. Who knows? Yeah. But I think... I, I, well, I think you're definitely right that, you know, anybody can be anybody. And that's probably the thing that's made this version of the playoffs you know in 2020 with COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter and you know all the I'll just say chaos that's been happening uh, that's what's made these playoffs special I think is that anybody can be anybody and each one of these games has been fun to watch you know a couple of times there have been some blowouts but most of these games have been, you know, the last couple minutes decided in the last couple minutes and, you know, big shots and great plays. And that's been really fun to watch. Yeah, it really has. It's exciting, though. So I'm excited to see what happens here down the stretch. Yeah. So we'll be watching it. I hope you're watching it. I hope you're listening to the podcast and you're enjoying it. If you are, uh, we would really appreciate it if you. Uh, went on iTunes and gave us a review, rated it, 
shared it with your friends, share it on Spotify, wherever you're listening to us, uh, share it there. Uh, it really goes a long ways for us in helping the show get off the ground and find its fan base. Uh, you could go on to Twitter at We Want Our Sonics and give us a follow, and we'd love to interact with you there. And until next time, we want our Sonics back. Woo!